This is episode 133 of the IDRA Class Notes Podcast. Basically, applied math is supposed to be the math that you would actually be able to apply in the real world. But my argument is that all math can be applied to the real world under the right constructs. And that's what we're missing. We're not missing the curriculum or the scope and sequence. We're missing the instructional practice. Some teachers have not been trained properly in how to bring the world into the classroom and how to allow kids to explore their environment using the map. It's not just a series of word problems. It has to be incorporated, even self-constructed learning under particular constraints. Welcome. This is Aurelio Montemayor with the Intercultural Development Research Association Class Notes, our periodic podcast. And with me today is Paula Johnson, Dr. DeBee. We're going to be having a conversation of why Algebra 2. So Paula, what's bringing up this conversation for us in Texas right now? Well, in Texas, the school board has voted that Algebra 2 would no longer be a requirement for our high school graduation plan. And that has many people you know, sighing in relief and others in uproar because of the need for students to be college ready. And you can apply, but you cannot be accepted into a college directly without having Algebra 2 credit. If you're going to a four-year college, uh, we have to take something called either the SAT or the ACT. How does that relate to this issue? The SAT and ACT both have an enormous amount of Algebra 2 tasks on them, and without those fundamental courses, students would not be prepared for the SAT or ACT. Therefore, their scores would probably definitely be much lower than Mm -hmm. expected. Well, they certainly require a lot more knowledge and skill than the state-required tests that we have. Yes, because since we've deemed Algebra 2 is not required for every graduate, our end-of-course exams will no longer include Algebra 2. It'll end at Algebra 1 and Geometry. And we have something else in Texas that some states have, the 10% plan. The top 10% students have to be allowed enrollment in our major public universities like the University of Texas at Austin. Without Algebra 2, I don't think you can apply or count to be in the top 10%. Absolutely not, because you have to have certain requirements in order to, first of all, be accepted to college. And we have not yet found the route for students who choose not to take Algebra 2 and then decide to go to even a community college, Algebra 2 credit is a requirement for college entrance. Mm -hmm. So I haven't heard an answer to that question yet. You know, one of the concerns that we have here at IDRA is children that either come from economically disadvantaged families, Latino children, African-American children. It's been hard enough to get a significant percentage of them to get into colleges, to be prepared for college. By opening the door this way, uh, how do you think it's going to affect the access and preparation for college of those students? Well, if students are not taking Algebra 2, they are automatically not going to be college ready without some sort of homeschooling or testing on the side. There's, There's just no way. Without the Algebra 2, they cannot meet the requirements of even most of our college entrance exams. Again, with the SAT, ACT, which are the two most predominantly um, mm-hmm. used exams, but even with our THEA here in Texas for college entrance. So 
without those skills, they would not have the tools and the foundation necessary to to get into any college. It's kind of sad because last year already 80% of the students were graduating with the recommended courses. And so now... Which, to me, you know, if it's not broke... In, in some cases, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. But there was a huge cry for less stringent requirements. We have a society, I should say a societal system, that is limiting the amount of students that go to college. By this one act, it will simply eliminate a large population of our students from even attempting to go to college. You know, you've been the head of a math department. You've been a math teacher for a long time. Why is algebra to itself as a course important in the learning of math? Well, the functions that are studied in math, along with what at one point included trigonometry, well, the pre-trig information along with conic section circles, ellipses, things like that, it kind of is really the culmination of all the previous years of mathematics. Algebra 2, throughout the year, kind of brings together all of the math they've been learning up until that point, especially the Algebra 1, the geometry. And then it's a segue into, say, college algebra or pre-calculus. But it really lays the foundation of so many different math-related careers. And I know that people say all the time, well, I'm going to study English. Well, but again, if we're talking about being college-ready, you know, and I say it all the time, people don't complain about taking four years of English or of science or of social studies, economics even. But math is something that is just so fought against, but it really is a nice foundation. It's the necessary foundation to be able to study beyond that. Plus, it's a great problem-solving course. It's I do agree with a lot of teachers, a lot of parents, a lot of students, that the way that we teach Algebra 2 is not necessarily as real-world as it should be. That can be changed. So instead of lowering the standard or doing away with that standard, you're saying let's expand the way we teach it. Yes, the instructional practices are what needs to be altered, assisted, but not the course itself. Eliminating the need to take the course or the requirement to take the course is really going to put a lot of students in a bad situation. I mean, again, I have a 13-year-old child. She'll be turning 14 and attending high school beginning next year. At 14, I don't think that she should be allowed to decide that she's not going to, because basically by saying you're not going to take Algebra 2, you're automatically saying I'm not going to college. And she just doesn't have that choice. Because we know that a lot of high school students aren't quite sure what they want to do when they graduate. They think they know, but they don't always stick stick with that. And even college students can change their mind two to five times. And they're 21. But at 14, we're asking a student to decide the rest of their life. But, you know, there's also in Texas a, a thing called applied courses that they're recommending be developed at locally. So you're going to have some different forms of applied math. What do you think about that? Unless they can show me a curriculum that demonstrates how, let's say, applied Algebra 2 could be for a liberal arts major that is at the same standard as the current Algebra 2, but more applicable to, say, the liberal arts, I would be all for it. But all of my experience with applied, quote-unquote, applied courses is usually, and I hate to use the term, but a watered-down 
course. Well, we used to have fundamentals of math. That's applied math. Yeah, and <laughs> we used to call it Mickey Mouse math, and they used to put all the, the black and brown kids in those classes, mm -hmm. and the thought was algebra is too abstract for them. Basically, applied math is supposed to be the math that you would actually be able to apply in the real world, but my argument is that all math can be applied to the mm -hmm. real world under the right constructs, and that's what we're missing. Again, we're not missing the curriculum or the scope and sequence. We're missing the instructional practice. And some teachers have not been trained properly in how to bring the world into the classroom and how to allow kids to explore their environment using the math. It's not just a series of word problems. It has to be incorporated. It has to, you know, even self-constructed learning under particular constraints. If you have a student apply a particular formula or a scenario using an example that they like, I'm sure that any student who is a skateboarder or um, a bicyclist like BMX, any of them could apply a Sean White or a Tony Hawk scenario to something they're learning in class. Mm -hmm. The aerodynamics of particular ramps, all of that could be incorporated into the class, but the teacher has to be able to back up and say, what would you do with this? You know, we're concerned not just about Algebra 2 right now in Texas, because it took a long, hard battle some years back to have the 4x4 four four in place. In other words, for English, math, science, and, and social studies, we had a set of courses that were just the core. English 1, 2, 3, and 4. Algebra through pre-calculus. Biology through physics and advanced science a world history geography, we had it set up and 80% of the kids were making it through there, mm -hmm. you know. Now we've dropped all the higher courses in math, science, and social studies, given other options, and I don't think a registrar in any four-year college is going to look at that transcript and say, okay, you're ready for college. Right. Our community colleges are full of, of our kids taking... Remedial courses. courses, you know, they're called oh, development courses, but they're not for credit. No credit, and students must take a series. At some junior colleges, there are as many as seven developmental courses that a student has to go through. If you're only taking one per semester, that's already three and a half years mm -hmm. of courses that you're paying for that you have not gotten any credit towards your math for, and then you still are going to have to take whatever courses are required by your degree. I mean, so students are spending an enormous amount of time in these developmental courses, and the problem with that is they're not passing them. You know, I am currently, as you called me, Dr. DeBee, I am attending for a PhD in math education, and a lot of my classmates have to teach the developmental courses mm -hmm. as part of their teaching assistantship. And they're having problems because of these students who are coming in who have not had successful Algebra two or haven't taken Algebra two at all. So they're sitting in these developmental courses. To me, we're clogging the system even worse. So I'm a parent. I've got, let's say, an eighth grader this year, and I have to sign off on what they call now the endorsements. We're going to have different paths, different tracks, actually. What's your advice to me as a parent of an eighth grader? Don't do it. Don't do what? I believe that the endorsement classes can bolster a student's desire towards a particular field of study. I have a niece who wants to be a hairstylist, a professional hairstylist. Mm -hmm. I have a daughter who wants to be a teacher. In most cases, the endorsements push a child off of the 
distinguished track mm -hmm. onto a minimal track. So how as a parent can I look at that and find out what I need to sign off on? I mean, because they're going to ask me, which path do you want your child to follow? Always go for the distinguished path. The college-ready path. The college-ready path. And how can I tell from the courses that it's the college path? You'll know because it should definitely include your Algebra 2. It should include physics, all of the top level. Okay. Prior to the advanced, what we would call mm -hmm. the advanced courses, pre-calculus, yes. you want to make sure that your students are taking the Algebra 2 as a minimum. And then possibly College Algebra. They're trying to develop more classes that are above right. the Algebra 2 course. Right. You want to take a math class as a senior. Yes. Do not let them take their senior year off. Yeah, that's the other thing, but that's a different issue that mm -hmm. you've got enough credits so you can coast your senior right. year. Well, when your transcript gets to the college, it's going to make a big difference. Right. And coming back to that, as long as a student has taken Algebra 2 and all meeting the requirements, look up the college requirements and make sure that those have been achieved. On top of that, if they have room in their electives, then they can take some of those endorsement courses. If a student is interested in being a chef, they can take the food services courses, but as electives, not as a goal. I just think that they need to make sure that they are going to be college ready. Every child has, they deserve, they have a right to be prepared for college, regardless if they choose to go or not. We have one district actually in Texas, in South Texas, the Far San Juan Alamo School District, who is now making a commitment to all children that eventually all children that graduate from high school in that school district will have it three to six college hours. Yes. They had a set number that graduated with an Associate of Arts degree Amazing. as high school seniors. Amazing. Uh, a significant number that had 60 college hours. And this is in the poorest neighborhoods of South Texas. Mm -hmm. And the district's goal is that they're not going to have one high school that's college-ready or STEM. All of that All the high schools, including they have one for young mothers, they're, they're, they're going to be on a college track. They are the model. They are the role model for the rest of this state and the country. So as a parent, I need to make sure that whatever my, my child is signed up for, whether they think the course is easy or not, be exposed to Algebra 2. Take the course. Dive in. There's all sorts of online resources to help them. Thank you, Dr. DeBee Paula Johnson. Mm -hmm. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for listening to IDRA Class Notes. For more information on IDRA and other Class Notes topics, go to www.idra.org. You can also send us your thoughts by email to podcast at idra.org.